swimmers and welcome to another episode of Torpedo Swim Talk podcast. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week we chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. Today we welcome Masters champion Jill O'Mara to the podcast. She has had a phenomenal 12 months of swimming, shattering two Masters world records in the pool in the mixed 4x1 and 4x2 freestyle relays as well as claiming four individual world records in fin swimming in the bi-fin, 50, 100, 200 and 400 freestyle. What's fin swimming, I hear you ask? Well, let's hear from Jill as she engagingly shares all about this interesting new sport and more about her master's swimming journey. There you go, Hi, Jill. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're really welcome. It's great to have you on. I know during COVID you had a bit of a cameo um, on one of the pods we did from Kiwana up at the Queensland States, a little bit of an anecdote about your racing on the day. Indeed. Yeah, I felt like a boiled frog getting back into a racing suit and (laughs) swimming with that kind of pressure on me again. It was like, in terms of the fabric of the suit, it was like, how did we do this? It was nuts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know. Putting on those race suits, and especially in Queensland where it's so humid. Oh, yeah. Chandler is, um, or Sleeman Sports Complex, whatever it's called these days. Uh, that is the worst. Yeah. Swim meets in the change rooms in January there. Yeah. Do not recommend. No, 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 no absolutely no. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had a huge 12 months broken two Masters world records in mixed relays in the 4x1 and the 4x2, and just recently a world record, individual world record in Finns swimming. So congratulations on a fantastic 12 months. It's amazing. Thank you. you. Yeah, it's been a um, a different different kind of year for me, I suppose. I'm a bit more, um, yeah, under the radar, I suppose. (laughs) But yeah, it's been been fun to, um, yeah, try something um, new and different in fin swimming. Um, It's been a great community to be a part of and experience a world masters fin swimming championships over in um, egypt and uh and then to be part of a brilliant team um with uh, my powerpoints crew and uh and the minds of Lockie and tomo who i think first crunched some numbers on the spreadsheet and went hey we could give this uh give this a bit of a shake so yeah yeah it's been fun <laughs> well i do want to talk all about fin swimming but let's dive into the masters swimming first and i know you just mentioned tomo and Lockie. so who were the four people in your mixed relay because you had the same four for both yes yes we did so uh there was the legendary jenny bucknell who needs no introduction whatsoever um and then mark thompson tomo um and lachlan mcdowell uh Lockie. so um, yeah, Tomo's been, has a, a long history with, um, swimming in Australia, um, as a coach of elite swimmers, as well as, uh, his own personal performances in the pool. Um, Lockie grew up in, um, Queensland and actually swam with, uh, the commercial club here in Brisbane for a number of years and has always been a, um, a talent as well as being a, um, super smart um oncologist um so yeah it was a great team to be a part of and i i guess i felt lucky to be you know the kind of the fourth swimmer when there were probably plenty of other options who could who could come on in and do a a a good job or or a better job for me so yeah lucky to be lucky to be along for the ride yeah 
Oh, no, I'm sure that you were a very worthy part of that relay. Oh, no, I was a, I was a, it was touch and go for the, uh, the 4x100 relay. I was a bit nervous about that because I'd had a, um, uh, a liver resection about a, uh, three and a half weeks before, maybe. Yeah, so I was wow. back in the water for just over two, quietly shitting bricks, whether I could you know, <laughs> pull out a number that was going to be... Uh, get us under that threshold, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll call it a hospital taper, and uh, yeah, but, but got there. So, so that was good. A big relief. A big relief. Yeah. Well, it worked well because you um, you blitzed the record, which is amazing and really exciting. I was there on that day to to see that, and that was that was a great one. Yeah, it was it was great. It was um, actually really sort of emotional, I suppose. In a you know, it, it was just a, I mean, Mel, coming back to Melbourne for me is like returning home. So um, it's great to have, you know, friendly faces in the in the crowd and people cheering you on and uh, all that sort of thing to help with the nerves and then the um, celebrations at the pub afterwards, which was, uh, which was <laughs> Always great. good. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so take us back to the beginning of your master's journey. What, what drew you into master's swimming to start with? Oh, good question. Um, I had moved, uh, I had been living in the US and Canada for a few years um, in the early to mid 2000s. Um, and I threw myself into work um, and wasn't, I was probably the most unfit and unhealthy I'd ever been in, in my life. And so when I moved back to Sydney, I just thought, look, I'm going to come back and do things that make me happy, get a bit more perspective um, on life. And so I joined um, the North Sydney Masters Swimming Club. Um, I can't remember exactly what year. It was probably 2006, I think, uh, because I think two years later there was the World Masters Swimming Championships in Perth. So I was still very much a, a newbie. I was like, all these people are going to Perth. So, okay, let's go to Perth and go to a swim meet. And then, then you just, yeah, see people of all ages, you know, absolutely blitzing in the pool. So, um, so yeah, I think it was getting involved in that community. Um, at first I thought, oh, this is great. I can do, you know, some pool swimming, but do lots of ocean swims and that'll be lovely. And I, did an ocean swim or two and it, um, I am terrible at it and I don't know how to navigate and I get really impatient and uh, yeah, so not my bag, um, but fell back in love with pool swimming and then yeah, had my stroke ripped apart and put back together and, um, and then just started seeing little bits of incremental progress and, um, and just, yeah, had a lot of fun. So have kept, kept doing it. Well, what do you find the most fulfilling about it? Oh, it's, um, it's two things. So one is the community side, um, the friendships that, um, I've made through the sport, um, and the, and the things that we as swimmers and people experience together. Um, you know, you, you can bear your soul in between sets, um, at, you know, 6.13 a.m., uh, when life's really hard and then you've got someone there to, you know, to, lend a shoulder or give you a hug or, or for you to be able to do the same thing to someone else who's in, in need. I think, you know, the swimming community, um, the people in it are pretty special individuals. And so, yeah, being a, being a part of that community and giving back to it and, um, and receiving a lot of love from it is, is fantastic. And then I guess there's the, the, the sort of that notion of, um, 
you know, when you apply yourself and, um, and set goals, chip away at, at, at working on, you know, technique or executing skills or whatever it might be, um, that satisfaction that you get from, yeah, achieving, achieving goals that you might, um, set for yourself and then, and then go on to think, well, what's next? And, you know, can I dream bigger and be a little bit better and all, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they're, they're the real, the real drivers, but also, you know, how good is it to get up every morning and, and dive in, dive in the pool? Absolutely. And do you, you will, I, I always feel this way because I train early in the morning in Melbourne and it's cold, it's freezing at the moment, obviously. It's even harder. Yeah. And I'm harder. quite sort of, when I get out and I'm driving home, I'm quite smug to myself thinking, you know, half mm. the world's still asleep. And yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You go to your bougie little bakeries and go, oh, yes, I. I can have that sausage roll. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I will get my uh, double decaf latte from <laughs> wherever. It, it, absolutely. And that, and that cronut. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. No, it is. It, it does give you a good sense of, um, yeah, satisfaction and feeling like you've, you've put in some hard yards, yes. which we all have. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And we're not smug at yeah. all. It was just... <laughs> not at all, no, but just extra brownie points for getting up in That's cold, right. cold Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first moved to Melbourne and I, I got up on a Saturday morning, it was three degrees, you know, bucketing down with rain and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it was um it's a it's we've got a bit more cushy here in brisbane that's for sure <laughs> yeah, well, you you mentioned that you were in melbourne and, and that's how i knew of you and met you down here yeah. and you were in sydney yeah. as well but now you're in queensland yes. where do you train yes. where do you base yourself for your training uh, then? yes so at the valley pool um here and so when i first moved to brisbane um, my coach, who's still my coach, Michael Brumley, um, he's was uh, coaching uh, with Commercial Swimming Club, um, pretty iconic uh, swimming club from um, particularly with yeah, swimmers, the likes of, um, oh gosh, Libby, Libby Trickett, you know, um, Liesl Jones, so many to, to name. Um, and uh, yeah, it, so he was, he was coaching here. Um, I sort of knocked on the door and I went, Hey, look, I know I'm an old fart, but can you, <laughs> can you make an exception? Um, promise I won't get in the way. And if you want to kick an old lady out, they just, you know, just tell me I'm not good enough and I'll, I'll go away. Um, so yeah, Michael made some allowances for me to, uh, yeah, train with the sort of state and, and national squads when I first joined. And, um, yeah. And so Michael's sort of been, he's, he's moved from commercial to, um you know an, another club um and i still coached under him and he's um been back at the valley for um a number of years now as coach and also a manager of the valley pool um so i'll split off here and there and you know jump into some other squads um you know infrequently but yeah um michael's been sort of the um yeah basically got me to where i have been over the last sort of seven years or so um yeah so that's been that's been great. He's um he's put up with me and I've learned a few things from him. So <laughs> <laughs> And when you said you start you ripped your stroke apart and started again, was he the mastermind behind your new stroke? No, that was actually after um that was while I was still in Sydney and um I must admit, this is terrible. I can't remember the name of the coach who, uh, who did that work. Um I was swimming mainly with Steve Badger. Um, at North Sydney at the time. And he had 
an assistant coach who was there for maybe a year or so and yeah feel awful but he i think he moved on to one of the um either the you know the biggest schools or whatnot but um yeah i learned with the old exaggerated s stroke um and of course that doesn't really get you through the water so i think it was after the world um the world masters in perth um where i was kind of coming near my times when i was a teenager um but i thought oh, i can probably do a little bit better and then yeah um and then the coach and then steve actually said go work with whatever his name was um he's really good at um pulling strokes you know ripping them apart and putting them back together um so he did that and um yeah i was able to go a little bit faster from understanding how the sport of swimming and all of its technicalities had evolved in in the you know 25 odd years or 20 odd years that i've been <laughs> back in the pool yeah yeah i don't think people realize how technical it is because a lot of people mm. can get in and swim but to mm. yes. increase your speed and go faster there's so mm. many parts of that moving parts that can be worked yeah. on to help you go faster yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely um but it was in melbourne that i um learned how to do breaststroke um for a short period of time and for a very short distance <laughs> and only when there's a wall in the middle of the pool sorry <laughs> and then um but then michael has really helped me with um with my butterfly yeah here in in brisbane so yeah yeah, yeah. nice and what does your training week look like like how many times do you train and do you do dry land as well share with us what that looks like yeah sure um so generally speaking i'm in the water six mornings a week so sunday is a complete blob slob rest day um and then i'll do um two sort of strength and conditioning sessions and then maybe one or two pilates um classes um and as i've got older and as I've spent a bit more time in hospital <laughs> and, um, you know, I've come to learn, you know, maybe I am a, no, not maybe, I am a slow learner. Um, the less is more theory in terms of, um, you know, the volume and distance and so forth. Um, I think before, before Guangzhou in 2009, I was doing seven sessions a week. So doubling up on a Monday. So Monday would be a 10 kilometer day, generally speaking. Thursday, or Tuesday and Friday mornings would be 2K and the rest of the sessions would be somewhere between three, four or four or 5K. Um, but yeah, sessions at the moment could be anywhere from, you know, 2K to 4K and um, focusing more on the intensity and quality of work rather than just slogging myself up and down a pool. So yeah, and then the strength and conditioning gym work. Um, these days has always got some element of rehabilitation associated with it um, or prehabilitation <laughs> and um, yeah uh, and then Pilates is generally just a bit of bit of fun but um, I feel that that's going to be tapering off a little bit yeah as well yeah there's only so many hours in a hours in a day or a week so it's hard to fit it all in especially with you know a busy work life which I know you've got outside of the pool as well what what are you um, working in or what's your sort of career now uh, career is I work for um, a business and we focus on um, learning and development and leadership development. So we have a team of facilitators who basically, you know, help people 
um, not be evil in the workplace and um, <laughs> and then I work on sort of the business management and client relationship side of things. So yeah, full-time job that has its peaks and valleys, but yeah, can yeah. be can be intense at times. Yeah, yeah I like bet. pretty much like anyone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and back to the workouts, what what does a typical training session look like to you? So you, you said between two and four K take us through sort of yeah. the warm up, the main set, what do you what do you do? What do we do? Um, I love a long warm up. Warm up. So on longer sessions, um, you know, there's usually like one point two k of sort of warming up stuff with fins. So that might be, you know, six hundred, um, you know, six hundred um, uh, alternating free back, free kick. Um, then there'd be a component of drill work. So it might be you know, 350s drill and then 150, um, uh, 25 metres at maybe, you know, 80%, you know, repeat that a few times and then um, descend the distance but increase the intensity of that 50 where you're you're, you're sort of um, just doing more short sprinty stuff. Um, and then there might be um, uh, some work where we would do some um, stroke count and um, and time um, so descending 50s, um, like this morning, for example, was um, three rounds of, um, of descending 50s, um, descend stroke count and time um, with 100 recovery, 150 recovery and 200 recovery um, after each 50. Um, and then we would get into the main set, um, which I skipped out of this morning because I'd already done two kilometers by the time it was <laughs> to get there and I'd done gym beforehand and I needed to get to work. So yeah, um, so I, I missed out on um, three, uh, what was it, four rounds of 325, uh, 335 meter max efforts um, with a 50 recovery and then a 50 max um, and then a hundred easy. So that was such a shame to miss out on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how much of that would you do butterfly because i know butterfly is your form stroke can you swim butterfly oh, yeah um it's a good question i have not actually done a lot of butterfly since um, maybe april may last year when we had our nationals and state um because my right shoulder um uh basically fell apart and um yeah and then after i had um, I had a couple of cortisone injections after my surgery in April. So it's, it had been funky for about a year and I backed off the butterfly quite a bit. Um, so before I went to Egypt, I think, um, I did my first full butterfly set, um, you know, of the, of the year in sometime around like early May or something like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, building, building back up there. Building back um, up. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but you certainly leading into Guangzhou, um, Friday, Friday was always fly. Yep. Sprint fly sets. Um, and then typically I would always have done like a, yeah, maybe some fly on a Tuesday, Tuesday morning as well. So, you know, probably two sessions out of the, out of the week would be a dedicated fly, fly day. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. what was the injury in the shoulder? Was it bursitis or was it more serious than that? Um, no, nothing more serious. Yeah, just a bur niggly bursa and then um, niggly joint. Um, yeah, God, for all the amount of um, 
uh, swimming I've done and um, and hospital time, my articulation of basic anatomy is not very good. <laughs> no, so yeah, fine. yeah, the front bit of the shoulder was a bit dodgy, <laughs> and the back of the shoulder was also clapped out. So yeah. <laughs> um, did you find the cortisone injections helped? Oh, it did. Yeah, it really did. I was I was surprised because my sports doctor went. Um, my physio's name is Chris, and he went. Cortisone is not the cure. Chris is the cure. Um, so, well, if cortisone wasn't the cure, then it was certainly miraculous. So, yeah, I was uh, very happy with that. But, um, yeah, I still had to do all the all the things that you need to be doing post yeah post cortisone to make sure that it's its efficacy is optimized. So, yeah, no cutting corners, kids. No cutting no, corners. Exactly. <laughs> work on that pre yeah. work on that prehab. That's right. Prehab, prehab, prehab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do a dot of it when I was an age group swimmer. Not at all. No. Oh no. Yeah. And I've been terrible as well as an adult. Um, you know, I'm one of the most inflexible people I know, and yet, you know, I'd sort of rip myself out of bed and jump straight in the pool without any time for mobilisation or anything. Which, you know, now I'm attempting to pay a bit more attention to. So, yes. yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> we live and learn. We do, we do, you know. We may be old, but not wise, but we'll, we'll get there, yeah. And what events have you got on the horizon coming up for your master swimming? Um, I'll do, there's a meet at the Valley Pool um, towards the end of August. It's a um, Brisbane Northside Masters um, short course meet. Um, love the meet. It's a great atmosphere. Um, we always seem to you know, luck ourselves into a beautiful sunny day in the middle of winter. Um, so yeah, that's, that's great. That should be a bit of fun. Um, don't yet know event, what events I'll, I'll do, but I'll have a, a look soon and figure it out. Um, and then there will be, um, I'll go to Adelaide in October for the Australian Masters Games, um, which I'm really looking forward to because there will be, I think there's two days of swimming and then the, um, the day immediately after the swimming program finishes, there is a one day in swimming meet. So I'm very keen to get the flippers back on and uh, and jump in and uh, and compete in spin swimming again. Yeah. Well, that's great that you've mentioned it because it leads us straight into talking about that. What is fin swimming and how did you discover it? Yeah. Okay. So fin swimming is awesome. It is like... Um, having a chassis of a Morris minor car and you stick a Ferrari engine in it. It's, it's so much fun. I love it. Um, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a swimmer who loves, um, fins at any point in a, in a, in a, in a session or a program, um, bring them on. Um, and I came up, I came upon it, um, it was in it was promoted by a, a meet was promoted by master swimming queensland in january 2020 so just before yeah the dreaded COVID hit um which was being held at the university of queensland pool and it was the national championships for the australian fin swimming um association and after um worlds in guangzhou i'd had a, a long-term um elbow um or injury to both of my elbows i'd had neuropathy and, and um tendonitis in in both elbows um so i'd had um prp in october of 2019 on both elbows and that took a while to kind of get 
functionality and strength back. Um, so I thought, ooh, here's something, here's a meet I can compete in and stick a pair of fins on. And I just imagined that I'd have my hands by my sides and a snorkel out the front and kicking away happily. Um, so I thought, brilliant, sign, sign me up. So um, um, I signed up and then the day before the meet, I met um, a lovely woman by the name of Helen Lane, who's the um, president and sort of head coach of fin swimming. Um, fin swimming as a movement seems to have its sort of origins and headquarters, if you like, um, in Tasmania. So a lot of Tasmanians came up to, um, to Brisbane and um, I met Helen the day before to, to pick up this, the particular snorkel that you need to wear, um, which is more of a metal snorkel with a with a, a firmly fixed bracket because you dive in wearing a snorkel um, and turn wearing a snorkel. Um, so your typical plastic training ones sort of flop everywhere and not, not really functional. Um, so she went, here's your snorkel. Um, and then I went, well, so how does this work? Like, do you just stick your arms out the front, out by your sides? Or she went, oh, no, 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 no. There's, um, there's kind of two schools in terms of fin swimming. There's um, monofin, um, so wearing the big kind of honking great Mer big mermaid, mermaid tail, tail basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And those things are phenomenal. I've never really had a, a, a play with one, but yeah, their, their weight and the, yeah, the effort that people go to to put their feet in and all this sort of thing. It's, <laughs> wow. it's like a whole ritual unto itself. Um, uh, so there's the monofins and so, yeah, that's where you do have your hands out front in streamlined position, um, uh, just kind of merrily, you know, undulating your way through the water. Um, and then there's the bifins category. Um, so wearing two flippers, um, and in bifins, my understanding is you can either do a surface stroke, um, which is again, you know, um, swimming on the surface of the water in that streamlined position as you would with monofins, just undulating your way through, um, or you can use your arms in a freestyle motion. Um, so that is what I opted for and, um, yeah, gave, gave it a go and it was heaps of fun. And of course, who doesn't love seeing, oh yeah, 58 for a hundred freestyle wearing pair of flippers. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> So national championships maybe then in 2022 in Tasmania, which I couldn't get to because I lived in Queensland and we were still locked out. Or was that 21? I can't remember. It's all a blur now, the whole COVID period. Um, uh, but then nationals were held on the Gold Coast in 20, February 2023. So that was the second time I participated in, in swimming and, um, yeah, got selected to be um, to be part of the, the the Australian team at the Masters yeah, Championships in Egypt. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting, intricate sport um, in terms of you know the apparatus that you can use. There's a whole range of different fins that are you know um, approved, um, and your different range of swimsuits that you could you can use and so forth. Um, but certainly in Australia at a national level, and as will be the case at, at um, the Australian Masters Games, um, they're pretty low key and informal. So the one piece of apparatus that you need is that metal snorkel, which costs about 40 bucks or something. Um, and otherwise you can stump up in whatever fins, whatever racing suit or, or training suit that you want. Um, I think the 
you know, the, the philosophy is really to get people involved in the sport, you know, let people have a good time and, um, yeah, and, and enjoy themselves and ideally see the sport grow and flourish. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, um, I, until I saw that you were over in Egypt doing that, I had never really heard much about it. So it's yeah. really something that I think a lot of swimmers would enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of us out there, me included, who love mm. using fins. Yes, <laughs> yes, we, we love fins. Um, love fins. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And it's interesting mm. because the sport is governed by the um, um, uh, CMAS um, is the is the association. Um, I'm not going to put on my terrible French accent and pretend to articulate what it means in uh, or what it is in French, um, but it's the federation that that um, governs all underwater sports. So sports like underwater hockey, um, underwater rugby, um, yeah. So it's it's governed by um, by CMAS and. Um, uh, and then the Australian Federation, yeah, this here in Australia. So, yeah, just anyone who's curious, just look up um, Fin Swimming Australia um, or Ausfin, and um, and you'll you'll quickly get to the, um, the right resources. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a heap of fun. Um, certainly, in going to Egypt, um, meeting a whole heap of people from around the world, um, it was interesting to. Um, yeah, understand how people came to be involved in, in swimming. It's not necessarily a, um, you know, the primary sport or the first sport that people have been involved in. They can do deep sea diving, they do free diving or, or water polo or underwater hockey. And so, yeah, it's a real melting pot of different people. And, um, yeah, it was just awesome to, to learn more about it and get involved in the community. Yeah. And so your world record was in the biofin, biofin, or is it biofin, biofin, uh, bi, biofin, yeah, yeah, and so, fins, yep. yeah, in the um, uh, 50, 100, 200, 400 freestyle, right? So, yeah, it was um, a successful meet in, yes. that, in that regard, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah. you just swam that as you dived off the blocks, normal freestyle, mm. but with fins, so you were kick, using yep. freestyle, freestyle kick. Freestyle kick, kick, yep, and, and, and you're wearing a snorkel, yeah. Right. So, um, and yeah, you you would think, and there's slight differences to the rules. So there's no track start permitted. It needs to be a parallel. Your feet need to be parallel. Um, uh, and it was a mixed meet. So in addition to my results in the bifins, I got disqualified in the <laughs> 50 meter apnea, which is the um, you dive in, you don't wear a snorkel, um, you execute it in full streamlined position, um, doing dolphin kick underwater, and um, it's a no breath um, 50. So if you come up for air at any point, you're disqualified. Um, but I um, wiggled on the blocks at the start, oh, so no. I got cute. <laughs> That's all right. We live and learn. We live and learn. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, bifins basically, yeah, freestyle with flippers and and a, and a snorkel. Um, and it sounds easy, but there were certainly a parts in the 200 and the 400 where um, I was, you know, I was certainly feeling some oxygen deprivation. Um, you know, your legs are working hard, your core's working hard. Um, and being a complete newbie to the sport, like I don't yet understand the, you know, the, the science or the physiology of, um, you know, technique around taking breaths or, kicking patterns in a 400 or a 
you know, anything, anything along those lines. So yeah, I've got, I've got a lot to learn. That's for sure. Well, it's great that you're sort of speaking out about it and advertising it because I think a lot of people could be quite interested in having a go. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be great, you know, come to Adelaide, give it a go. And um, certainly um, what I have found, I mean, in terms of my age group in Masters Swimming, you know, I'm 47 turning 48 next year. And so there are always, you know, peaks and valleys in in your time in master swimming. So for me, you know, I was feeling pretty crispy and burnt out, um, you know, towards the end of last year and just needed a, you know, as, as, as appealing as it was to go to, you know, Japan for world, world master swimming. Um, I really just felt the need to do something a little bit different and, um, yeah, and give something new a crack. And so this is certainly a great, um, uh, you know, a great kind of outlet to do that. Um, and I've also found it surprisingly to, to really help my, um, my swimming. My, um, my stroke efficiency has improved because I, I seem to lengthen out more with the, with the fins and snorkels. So I've been able to apply some of that from training for fin swimming and put that into practice, um, when I'm not wearing fins, um, much to my coaches astoundment because <laughs> I'm not an efficient swimmer. Um, so yeah, it, I, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, and there, there are benefits that you can then apply. Um, and I think it would be great if, you know, more masters clubs, um, and March masters coaches, um, took an interest in it and, and just explore how they might be able to get involved, um, in the, in the sport. Yeah. I mean, do you, when you are training for that, you just include that in your normal training with the fins and the snorkel? Yeah. 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 So I basically did, um, of the six sessions a week I do, I dedicate two of those sessions to um, working specifically with the fins. Um, the fins that I got um, earlier this year, and I must thank my friend Christina Eccles from North Sydney Masters who um, has participated in the um, national um championships with me on the Gold Coast, she sort of did a bit more research and went, oh, I think these fins could be really good. So she ordered them um, and I kind of tagged along for the ride, but they're a slightly longer and they're a thicker plastic. So um, they're a little harder on your feet. Um, I use a bit of chafing cream to kind of get them on. They're kind of like breaking in a new pair of shoes. You know, I've got little cuts around my ankles from where oh, no. they, they've, uh, yeah, they've, they've done some damage. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to sort of have two, two sessions a week, um, just working with them, um, and, and doing things that you, you maybe forget to do, like understanding where your feet need to hit the wall when you're tumble turning, um, you know, counting your strokes coming out of a turn. Because like swimming, you can utilise that 15-metre mark um, for underwater. So, yeah, trying to be as efficient as you can um, coming off the wall and uh, and managing your breakouts and then mastering the art of diving in with the snorkel, which actually isn't too um, too difficult yeah. um, given the, the type of snorkel that, that is used. So, yeah. Is the breathing part in your mouth when you dive? Ah, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a center, center snorkel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just as you might use a, um, you know, a plastic snorkel, um, in training, 
where the bracket sits on your forehead, um, it's that, that, that is a metal bracket with a really thick, um, um, you know, a thick strap. Um, and then, um, and then the snorkel itself is a metal snorkel mm. and is quite narrow compared to the training snorkels. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you find though, when you dive in that it pushes back against your face or? Um, not, no, not really. I mean, you do need to sort of, um, strap it down fairly firm, but, um, no, no. I, I mean, I now use that snorkel in training because I find it to be more comfortable and sits, um, sits in place. So you don't have the, um, you know, the mouthpiece rolling around or twisting about when you're doing turns. So yeah, it's my preference to use that type of snorkel now. Yeah. And you mentioned in the bifin that you can do stroking or you can do it as a streamline. So in your race in Egypt, was there people doing the streamline? Um, no, because they, um, I think the categories, and again, this is where I'm still kind of new to it. So, um, I'm not probably not articulating the categories properly, but, um, you would enter, um, a surface race or a bifins race. So the surface, the surface event, um, typically they tend to be more monofins than, than flip than bifins. Um, but you can compete in the surface events using either apparatus, whereas the bifins is, it's bifins, it's freestyle, um, you use your arms, yep, knock yourself out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they chose you in the team from Nationals, so you can't just enter it yourself like you do with Masters um, pool swimming? Well, I think it's, if you, um, I think if you, hit a certain qualifying time um you you are you are selected um but so it um so you but you are yeah you do you're selected to represent your your federation so the Oz, Oz finning uh, Ausfin australian masters team um so it's by country rather than club um and then yeah it's administered um by the um or helen did helen lane did a huge amount of work um, kind of getting the getting the team together and um, managing managing our entries and all the all the logistics associated with it. So yeah, it's not a it's not a club based thing. It's not like there's the fin swimming Tasmania or fin swimming Queensland or um, you know or you know UQ fin swimming club or anything like that. Um, yeah, so it was kind of nice to tap on with a little platypus, which was our. Ausfin emblem, you know, and and do the kind of country cap swaps and t-shirt swaps and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it was good fun, really good fun. Yeah, well, yeah, that's really great. I'm really interested to hear all about that, and I think a lot of people listening will be as well. So we'll maybe put a link to that website in the show notes, and people can follow it follow it that way. Absolutely, and certainly if anyone's got any um, inquiries about it, I'm more than happy to, if people want to reach out to me directly. And I know Helen Lane, um, as I said, you know, the president and, and head coach of Fin Swimming in Australia would be more than happy to, um, yeah, to answer any queries and, and would love to see the sport grow. Um, so, yes. yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, fantastic. And hopefully you might come and try it in Adelaide yourself, Danielle, and bring some friends. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm injured at the moment. I can probably do the kicking part of it. <laughs> exactly. And and as I said, like my, my elbows were still sort of very much in recovery mode. So I, uh, when I first gave it a go, so I just very tentatively, you know, put my arms through the water 
And um, yeah, so yeah, give it a crack. You'll be right. Yes. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> now, everyone that comes on the podcast, I always ask them the deep dive five questions, their favourite things, a little bit snapshot of their swimming. So favourite pool that you've ever swum in? Oh, well, I do love the valley. Um, it is an awesome pool. Though there is a great Olympic pool in Numea in New Caledonia uh, that I swam in a couple of times, and that is beautiful. So. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that one. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's where um Michael Bowles squad went recently. Oh, probably. Training yeah. camp before world titles. Yeah. They went yeah. In, and it was a beautiful it looked beautiful, the pool. Oh, it's there. stunning. Yeah. And yeah. then just walk along the ocean and wow. have a crepe and a cocktail, you know, what's nice. not to love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and what's your favorite butterfly drill? Ooh. Butterfly drill. Um, I like to sort of do my progression is kind of um, a 50 as four strokes, left arm, four strokes, right arm, three strokes, three, two, two, one, one, and then I'm done. And then going the doing another 50 as um, four strokes, four strokes, two full strokes, three, three, two, 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 one, one, two. Um, and then, yeah, doing, you know, two left, two right, two both arms, and then your classic Beyondy, um, two left, two both arms, two both arms. What kind of language is that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, two arms at the same time, uh, and then two right arms. So I like, I quite like that progression. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good drill progression. And how about your favourite freestyle training set? I do like our Saturday morning ritual, which is a bit of a heart rate threshold sort of set that then gets into some sprint territory. So, I don't know, three 200s on a certain interval at, at six out of 10 and then, um, you know, four 150s um, with a, you know, a seven out of 10 intensity, uh, then, yeah, five 100s or something like that, um, eight out of 10 and then get down to some 50s and, and 25s um, with, and, you know, the, the number of, you know, 200s 100s or 50s that we do probably isn't right but um as in i'm not recalling them correctly but uh yeah the point is you reduce the distance you increase the intensity and you get more rest as the set goes along so i find that works well for me i tend to i feel like i need a while to sort of warm up so yeah um whereas yeah a lot of people are a bit cactus on i feel like i'm just starting to heat up and get some sizzle at the end of it so yeah how about your favorite pre-race snack Ooh, pre-race snack um i tend to eat light on my racing days um yeah so probably um uh for breakfast might be like eggs and veggies or something like that leftover stir fry is always a good good option um yeah it tends to be sort of a bit of you know eggs veggies rice something like that um and then, um, sorry, I'm just laughing at some of the reactions that this might get. I've really got into fresh dates lately. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's a good hit of healthy hit of sugar and, uh, and things. So, yeah. And how about your favorite swimming memory? Certainly the, um, certainly the, the, the relay teams this year have been really special. Um, 
not just because of doing them, but I think also just understanding where everyone was at in their life, um, you know, heading into them and, and, and what it all meant for each of us and, um, and coming together as a team. Um, that was pretty good. Um, and then I guess from a personal results, I think, um, uh, <laughs> a not so good memory is the end of my hundred fly at Guangzhou in 2019. <laughs> that was pretty memorable. Um, <laughs> that hurt a lot. Um, yeah. And then maybe on a more positive note, um, yeah, the 50 fly in Guangzhou was the first time I'd um, cracked 30 and snuck in for bronze, not, not expecting to, to get that result. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. But yeah. Um, and then there's been memories of, you know, the types of conversations that you have at the pool and, you know, when you hear of someone, you know, um, uh, getting married or, you know, having a baby or being sick or, yeah, losing someone there. They're those community moments that I think are really, yeah, more priceless than the, than, than the results that you get. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's what master swimming's all about, yes. that community mm. and the sense of belonging to something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And you think, yeah. God, why do these people put up with me every day? But they do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they're happy to. I'll <laughs> get a flipper in the face if they don't, though. <laughs> of course. Of course, that's right. <laughs> well, Jill, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been lovely catching up with you and hearing about your journey. That's been great. You too, Danielle. Yeah. Thanks so much. And, um, yeah, uh, we, again, really encourage anyone who's even a little bit curious about fin swimming to, um, uh, yeah, to reach out, have a chat and, um, yeah, hopefully see some of you in Adelaide with your, with your flippers on at the Australian Masters Games. Yeah, fantastic. We'll see if we can get some of them there. Fingers crossed. Brilliant. Okay. Take <laughs> right. care. Thanks, Daniel. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, who here is now interested in fin swimming? Jill certainly made it sound very appealing and I can see the benefits to pool racing in adding this into your training schedule. We'll put the links in the show notes to a few different areas that you can discover more about this. And who doesn't love swimming in a pair of fins? Did you know that we've now got transcripts and blogs available for our most recent episode releases and we're working hard in the background to bring the entire catalogue up to date with these new additions? You can check out all our new content at torpedoswimtalk.com. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now. Thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, Amanzi Swimwear and the Magic 5 Goggles. Amanzi have just bought out a new collection of vibrant bathers in long-lasting fabric. I haven't had a pair yet that have perished in the water. Check them out at amanzi.com and get yourself a pair of goggles that I'm loving using from the Magic 5. These goggles are custom fitted after a face scan through the Magic 5 app and made by robots to fit the curvature of your face perfectly. You can grab a discounted pair with our code TORPEDOSWIMTALK15 to get 15% off. Check them out.